Welcome back to another episode of With the Chiefs. This week we are continuing the How to Run Any Distance series and we're going to be focusing on the 10K. We've got with us today Rosie Cooper who is an absolute incredible uh, runner. Rosie <laughs> is originally from England in the UK and grew up as a bit of a talented athlete. She was in the Olympic cycling uh, junior talent squad for the next Olympics, I think they were kind of targeting. But she, I think, finished school and kind of fell out of the sport a little bit. Um, had a couple of down years, I think, like a lot of people. Uh, it's very relatable, um, just partying in your 20s. Me and Smitty kind of went on a, a similar <laughs> journey. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> but then <laughs> after like, uh, yeah, I think it was around a 10-year hiatus, she started back up in the sport, decided to run a half marathon, and from there it's just been up and up for Rosie. She's yeah now considered probably on the borderline elite um, sort of athlete, has started her own coaching program and has ran a, a 35-minute 10K, I think 16-20-something uh, 5K and wow. um, is, is currently targeting the marathon, I think. But uh, welcome to the show, Rosie. How are you going? Yeah, really good. Thanks for having me, Dominic. It's really exciting to be to be on here, and that was a very flattering intro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how you made a comparison, Dom. Like we've been through. I, I don't remember last time I was targeting the Olympics or. We can leave that comparison out. Um, yeah, I don't, how did you guys get that? Was that on? How did you find out about the cycling? Oh, I was just thinking around. Um, yeah, we have looked through your little blog. That's really good. Some pretty cool information there. I think anyone listening should check that out, definitely. Oh, thank you. Good plug. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like uh, what was it like kind of growing up as a, a cyclist and, and being that in that sort of environment? So I think it's it really started. My family were like all about sport. And I honestly don't know what we would have done if we weren't into sport. There's four of us. Um and we basically made a competition out of anything. I mean, I can remember like dad pitching up to like family holidays on the beach with like a javelin in the back <laughs> of the car <laughs> and like clearing the beach. Um, so we were all, there were four of us super competitive. We competed at anything. And I think we always sort of cycled because my brothers were two years young, two and four years younger, and they were pretty strong and pretty fearless on bikes. Um, we always sort of would race on bikes, we'd mountain bike, we'd road bike, et cetera. And that kind of continued through my teens. But to be honest, when I actually got onto that program, I was, I was actually more of a runner, but um, they came to our school at the time and they sort of put a bunch of sporty kids on bikes and they did a three minute max effort test. Um, and I think a 30 second one from memory. And they pulled like all this data um, and they basically just called my dad uh, a couple of weeks later and were like, yeah, she's she's sort of like born to cycle, if you want, um, mm. like cardiovascularly and I've always had quite kind of strong legs. Mm. Um, so I got onto the program really briefly, but um, at the time I was training for multi-events, so uh, hurdles, high jump, long jump, shot put. I was actually quite a decent shot putter. Really? <laughs> <laughs> from, uh, from marathon running. But yeah, so I, I was I was pretty torn at the time. I think I was 15 and I had this this sort of route to 2012 Olympics, which obviously was a home Olympics at the time. But I was actually doing quite well with my athletics as well. 
Um, so I sort of, I was only on the program for about six, sort of six months. Um, but it was a, it was a pretty cool experience. And I always say this to people, if, if you can push yourself on a bike, if you, have you guys ever done a 20 minute max effort test on a bike? No, never. I think maybe it's, once. It's about yeah. as tough as it gets, I think. And I, I would include a hard 5k in that because mm. you are literally staring at a screen and your legs are cooked from five minutes in. Um, oh, and you got nowhere man. to go and there's no changing gradient and there's no wind. And, um, it's, it kind of does give you some pretty, like, I've got a lot of respect for top level cyclists, like what they put their bodies through is quite phenomenal. Mm. Um, so it, look, it was an amazing experience. I think probably what it did show me was that, you know, physiologically quite sort of fairly talented at sport. Um, but ultimately I, I sort of chose athletics cause it was always, that was always really where my passion was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I got a foot injury, um, that was, ended up being quite long-term. So I sort of lost that power that you need for the high jump, long jump, shot put hurdles uh, world. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I sort of had a brief foray into middle distance running as a, um, 16 year old, 15, 16 year old, and did fairly well in that. I got, um, a good result at the British champs and that, that was pretty cool. Um, but then, yeah, I think it all just sort of, in my 20s, it all got quite exciting quite quickly. <laughs> and I think maybe I was in that sort of level where I was 16. I was probably twen- top 20 in the UK, maybe, I think. Um, but I wasn't top three or top five. Um, and at that point, you, you've got to make big sacrifices. You're, you're saying no to social, you know, in some ways you're saying no to a social life and um I didn't feel I was quite good enough to warrant that in that in athletics, possibly in cycling, if it had been where my passion was. Um, so it, yeah, I sort of sort of fell out of competitive sport, but I don't think I ever lost that. Like, a, I think if you if you learn to push yourself quite young, I think mm. that's quite useful because I, I even with the athletes I work with, it's quite an exercise kind of explaining how you know that's okay. Like you can feel really cooked at rep two of ten or. Um, that sort of ability to kind of push through, I don't think you sort of lose that. Um, or And again, when we were kids, it was all about you sort of did sport to win or to at least p- perform better than you did last time. My, my dad was big on a – we're hugely competitive. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think that all carried through. And physiologically, I think as well, if you do high-level sport in your teens, perhaps it doesn't really go anywhere. Mm. Um but yeah, it was a good sort of 12 years, I think, before I got back into running on any sort of consistent um, level. My my now fiancé uh, sort of, we met out here and he persuaded me to sign up to Blackmore's uh, mm. half marathon. And in hindsight, I don't know what we were thinking. I think we ran twice before it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Uh, he, yeah, he, I mean, first of all, he outran me in the last 2K um which ended in a bit of a a bit of a lover's tiff should we say but uh yeah I think I ran 145 but I was so sort of grumpy about the whole thing that I think I I lost my uh my tracking number along the way (laughs) (laughs) but yeah and then we joked that that was the kind of start of everything because uh because Gaz beat me (laughs) yeah that's awesome yeah that's an awesome background um yeah yeah it's interesting you say just why I'm thinking of it, like when you when you push yourself at a young age, 
it makes it makes a difference like you have to like when i started you have to yeah. learn to push your bot because it just like for example you're doing kilometer repeats and it hurts like you mm. said at rep two and you you have to learn that you can keep um yeah that's a that's an interesting point because it took me personally a while to to learn but dom you're the same in that regard because you've been doing athletics for for a while as well so did you have that yeah. same similar experience i think so and i think like um training for middle distance you really uh experience that pain um yeah training for the 800 it was just like oh every session was grueling and (laughs) felt like i don't know you had your head was just spinning afterwards and you felt like throwing up like after every session almost um so that teaches you that sort of lesson of pain tolerance pretty quickly um Yeah. yeah and i think that that's yeah definitely helped in training now as well and my mindset um, moving forwards, mm. but, um, 100%. yeah, each week, um, we've kind of just been, yeah, starting each episode off running through what our training weeks have been, been like at the moment. Um, would you mind kind of, yeah, digging into like what you're training for and, and what you did in the last week? Yeah. I mean, I've had a great week cause I have, I finally think I say this cautiously, but I might have nailed the reprieve week. <laughs> so, you, guys, you guys have reprieve weeks in your training kind of schedules. Uh, yeah 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 but more so just like when i'm feeling absolutely fried i'll say okay do that yeah yeah (laughs) yeah got you got you yeah i think last year i and it's probably a separate sort of stream of chat but i i got quite badly injured and i look back and i think what i thought was a reprieve week was like right i'll just shave off a few reps here cut 4k Mm. off my long run um you know, it was very. It was, I say the word reprieve, and it was probably a very tenuous reprieve. Whereas this year, I'm like, right, everything I've read is that you got to kind of have almost halve your training from a running point of view. Mm-hmm. So I've done that this week, and I've I've been bouncing off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I felt great. Like my swimming's been good, my weights training's been good. My um, partner says I've been like doing more housework than normal. So yeah. <laughs> Reprieve weeks, highly recommend. Um, but if I talk about a normal training week, and again, I've made a heap of changes this year after last year, but um, I try and I probably typically have Monday off. Um, I might do like a swim and, and some yoga maybe every other week, but then every second Monday I t- try and have a total rest. I find it's quite good mentally. Mm. Um, Tuesday I'll try and – it's the only day I double, but I'll um, – try and do some quite quality low volume speed work in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I run on the Alter G, which is the, I don't know if you guys have done it, the reduced body weight treadmill. Um, I've got access to one of those in the city. So I do that after a weight session in the afternoon, which is quite mm-hmm. good. Um, Wednesday I'll steady run and bike for 90 minutes usually. Um, Thursday I try, I'm starting to do a bit of hill work with Delta. Mm. Um, which is cool because I think I definitely one thing I'm trying to work on this year is my running form because it's it's not the best should we say Um, (laughs) so yeah do that then I have weights in the in the um, evening and what I'm trying to do this year is keep my running moderate on a Thursday but supplement with a pretty brutal cross training session Mm -hmm. Um, Friday's full recovery like I might do 8k reduced body weight on the old G um, maybe a swim so it's a sort of non-impact Saturday, I'm trying to make my other hard run, but combine it with a long run. So I'll do 20 to 30K, but with efforts. I find that works mm. quite well. I find my body doesn't cope brilliantly with, you know, two sessions plus a, a 
big long run. So I find if I can mm-hmm. combine them, it works quite well. Mm-hmm. And then on Sundays, sort of like a social run, usually with uh, with Gareth, who's yeah my boyfriend. Um, so I, I typically I'm trying to hit five hours cross training a week at the moment, which is quite a lot. Mm, um, wow. but then keep my mileage lower. Um, and then also doing three hours of, of strength and conditioning. So it's probably not a traditional running or training week, but I've, yeah, I had to make some big changes off the back of last year. So, mm-hmm. um, and so far I'm, I'm finding it pretty good, pretty effective. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's typically how my week looks. Yeah, yeah, awesome. that's a unique. That's a very unique training week in terms of the cross training. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it goes back to sort of what I was saying before because I have that background in in cycling and you know swimming to a lesser degree, but I feel like I can get a lot out of myself on a bike. Whereas mm. it's sort of that relative that concept of relative perceived effort. So if you've done a lot of running, they say the pros can actually you know, what would be feel really painful to us or, you know, or to someone, it sort of goes down in levels, but you learn to tolerate more pain the more you do a sport and it's sort of subconscious. So I think when I've had athletes and they're injured and I'm saying, right, let's get on a bike, let's get your heart rate up, let's, you know, knock out these efforts, et cetera. It's actually quite hard for people who've never done that type of training before. Um, So I'm finding cross training for me personally works pretty well because I can work pretty hard mm. um just take a little bit out less out my body yeah interesting um awesome I love that um the measurement of how much housework you're doing is is how yeah. you're <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys but you know it's particularly marathon training when you've done a big a big long run especially with efforts or if you've knocked out 30 30 plus um I'm useless mm. yeah you got you kind of feel in the morning like after it you feel good but then yeah. like as the day rolls on you're just like I, i'm cooked i just want to go yeah. i just want to go to bed yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> i just want to eat and sleep and not have conversations that aren't about running usually <laughs> <laughs> this sounds spot on to me yeah um, <laughs> what about your what about your week dom leading into what you're going to do this weekend yeah, so currently I'm down at Bright Victoria for Buffalo Stampede. I'm running the uh, marathon here. So it'll be yeah, my first trail marathon, um, which is pretty exciting. Um, so this week was, yeah, just a pretty big taper week. But, um, yeah, I've still kind of just been trying to double each day for um, 20 minutes. Mm. So two 20-minute runs um, every day. I think that's just been working well for me in terms of routine and uh just reminding myself to keep running all the time um and it it, yeah yeah i've I've found it works quite well with your schedule and um doesn't take as much out of you if you're just doing little 20 minute runs um so yeah i just ran twice pretty much every day and then i did a session on tuesday we did um three by uh 10 minutes um and then, but the, the last one, I was feeling like I was just working a little bit too hard. So I changed it to um, just a five minute effort. And then I ran with someone else from the squad a little bit slower. So um, yeah, just to make sure I wasn't overdoing it. Um, and then the other session I did was on Thursday. Um, I've got a friend who wanted to do a 10K time trial. So I said, oh yeah, I'll help pace you. So I just got out and, and paced him for, uh, it was, I think it was like, 345s for for 10k so nice. that was another good little that was uh, Arthur was it 
Yeah, Arthur. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was good to get out with Arthur and run a little 10K. And, yeah, it's awesome just seeing people run PVs. Like, it just mm. meant so much to him. I think he's been training really hard and um, it all kind of paid off with this this 10K time trial. And then he's going to go do Canberra Marathon. And I think that, yeah, it, that's been a good confidence boost for him. But, um, yeah, we drove down on Friday. Um, it was like a eight-hour car trip, which was pretty brutal. Um, and then, yeah, just went out for a few more easy jogs once we got down here. But that's mm. been it, pretty much just jogging around in a couple of small sessions. What about you, Smitty? What you Me, just to? before I go into my week, which car did you take? Is the brake pad still <laughs> yeah, <laughs> screaming at you? For eight hours, that would be incredibly... <laughs> It's like makes this rattling noise. And it's, <laughs> is it your car? Yeah, yeah, we took my car, of course. Um, yeah, nice. No, it's, it's done some mileage now, I think, like over 200,000 Ks. But, um, Impressive. Yeah, but, yeah, I think I'll get those brake pads fixed eventually. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I'm glad wrong, I like, got to chuck that in there. Performance-wise, oh. they're fine. Just let me clarify that. Performance-wise, it's just the rat, like, yeah, yeah. Something's <laughs> rattling. Um, but yeah, the mechanic said it's it's fine, it's just like a, a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um what about you, Smitty? Yeah. Geez. Good, good, good. I had um after the five K time trial, what I do, I did a bit of a long run, something a little bit easier, more steady on Sunday than just easy Monday. Tuesday was a bit of a um monster session. For me, at least, it was six, uh, six by two k, at sort of like a threshold effort, and because I'm now using power instead of like my heart rate, it's different intensity. Like it's it's pretty much it's harder than I thought. So I, like it feels hard. Like threshold at um, I guess more accurate using power just feels a little bit harder because my heart rate was like spiking quite a lot. So typically in that scenario, I would have pulled pulled back. Um, but it was good. Like it was a good session. I did kind of blow up on the last rep, like the last rep I blew out to like four minute Ks and had a stitch, but I think the overall effort was good. So I was happy with that. Um, then Wednesday, easy Thursday was the last sort of, um, excuse me, max effort testing. So I just did some sprints like 10 second, 15 second and 20 second sprints, which I haven't done like that sort of sprinting in ages. I was quite sore on Friday, like, cause just the body is not used to literally sprinting um, at all. Like I can't, I, I don't think I've ever done outside of two hundreds yeah. like uh, sprinting. So, and then what was it? Yeah. Friday, easy Saturday, easy. I've got a monster session tomorrow, which I'm not sure how it's going to go. And I'm not sure if I'm reading it correctly as well. It's like, okay, so, so it's never a good sign. If you have to, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, Sally, Sally did say like, this is going to sting. So it's probably correct. Um, <laughs> it's like 10 minute warm up, 20 minute at almost like sort of half marathon pace, maybe a little bit slower. So it's like a good, still a good tempo then two minutes recovery then four by five minutes with a two-minute float, five minutes being at like almost like 10K pace, I would say, or maybe a bit slower. Then off the back of that, another 20 minutes at half marathon pace. Does that sound yeah, right? Geez. 
<laughs> so it's like so over an hour at um half marathon basically. of like I'm I'm keen to see if I can do it at the at the prescribed power. Um, it'll be mm. interesting if I can get that one in the bag. I think I'll be in good I'll be in good shape to go potentially sub seventy five at Canberra. Um, but yeah. So I'm looking forward to that and overall a good week. I'm enjoying using power as opposed to anything else. Just it feels it feels um feels good. Sort of a, his typically I'd be looking at sort of the watch, checking my heart rate and and gauging effort based on that. But I guess you can kind of glance it and just um glance at your watch and and see that you're going at a certain power metric and worry about nothing mm-hmm. else, which I find has helped mm-hmm. mentally, especially in a session. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, that's me for the week. I think I waffled on a bit, but yeah, that's good. <laughs> so you're racing Canberra? Uh, yeah, I'm racing Canberra. Um, cool. Yeah, so I'm keen for that. I'm keen nice. for that. It'll be good. And a good wind break if you can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I guess we will go into the training for. So we we're going to target like one of your 10k races when I think it was last may if i'm correct the sydney yeah. um sydney 10 sydney 10 yeah, yeah 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 so how like how long did you give yourself to train for the race in terms of a block do you remember if it was um like- yeah i mean honestly i was actually pretty disappointed with that race and i only say that because- <laughs> hang on <laughs> well no i mean i've i've got so little race experience because in 2000, and I started running a lot in 2019, mm. and then I got it's my first stress fracture, and then I did race Melbourne, which actually was really good, but then COVID hit. So I think there's been so few races I've actually done. I mean, when I look at Sydney 10, actually, because I got quite grumpy about my result, and my dad said, check your result from last year, and it was actually 40 minutes. <laughs> so it was still yeah, it was it's five minutes. Huge huge so yeah, I, I shouldn't say that, but um, I felt that I'd been... I got in much better shape kind of a month or so later. But um, with Sydney 10, I'd been targeting Canberra half. That was sort of my big my big race. But I, yeah. um, it sounds like I'm always injured and I'm, I'm actually not. <laughs> but I'd just been coming back from injury. Um, so I started training in the January and tried to get pretty fit pretty quickly for Canberra. Um, and sort of raced okay in Canberra. It was probably where I was at. Um, then rolled an ankle in April um oh no just yeah in April rolled an ankle had two weeks off running and then we had two weeks to go to Sydney 10 and I um it was more of a right well I've sort of got nothing to lose might as well race bit of a benchmark type situation so in terms of how I target a 10k that probably wasn't the perfect (laughs) okay so using it as a benchmark to teach people how to run a 10k you wouldn't be totally happy with that but I guess no. the result still speaks for itself so something previously like there must have been a good still a good block of um training <laughs> but yeah I think I think you probably someone made the point to me the other day you're actually so much better undercooked than overcooked you can actually mm. run fairly well if you if you've been forced to take two weeks off because of an injury or, or whatever it is. I think actually we're all so obsessed with kind of that final training session or hitting the exact pace for the the, fi- the final session you do on the Tuesday or the Sunday. And actually when you've been forced to sort of take 
quite a bit of rest. Sometimes your legs actually can, can surprise you. So it was a pretty good result considering the lead up. But I've got a, if I talk about a 10K like this year, I've got a much better plan. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> maybe let's, let's talk, let's talk about, um, let's talk about that then, I guess, yeah. as a, um, as so, a benchmark. Yeah. So I've got this. Have you guys read The Science of Running? Right. No. <laughs> I read it on holiday and uh, it didn't make for the best kind of conversation <laughs> with, with Gaz who wasn't that into running at the time but anyway he, he talks about that. I got a lot of stick about that but he talks about this pyramid of um, pyramid this principle of pyramid training where if you think about a pyramid and you've got your 10k race at the top and then you come down either side where at the very bottom of each side you've got a hundred like a hundred meter sprint on one end and then like a slow two-hour run on the other and then up each stage of the pyramid, you've got like, right, 200 meter repeats, down tempo, 400 meter repeats, up tempo. And you go all the way up until you're basically doing quite long repeats with short recoveries and then quite long threshold work. Okay. Does that make sense? And that to me is really where the gold lies in terms of uh, 10K training. Because if you can knock out kind of, you know, mile repeats of 75 seconds or, um, I did 12 by 1K even at just under race pace of 60 seconds or, you know, kind of Jeez. quite meaty volume sessions, but quite yeah. fast. Yeah. And then on the other side of the pyramid, you kind of got, like I did quite a few 10-mile tempos last year. I tried to do one a month, 10-mile threshold actually, so not that far off half marathon pace. Right. So it's a big run. But I feel like that's really where you kind of want to – that's the work you want to be putting in like mm. a month or two out. Mm-hmm. Um once you've built up the foundation of kind of like lower volume speed and uh, sort of the big long runs, you sort of built your engine, built your speed, and then you combine them to get your long rep at speed. Yeah. And your so threshold rep. Before that, before you start doing that, how, like how far out is that where you're doing the speed like you're talking about before you start going into those bigger sessions? So people, a lot of the research I've read is is 24 weeks. So there's a 24-week period between, If you, this obviously comes from a fairly good level of fitness, but if you're starting, um, if you look at a race 24 weeks out and then you kind of do six to eight weeks foundation work, um, yeah. maybe eight to sort of 18 um, is where you, you're really kind of, in your peak training with with reprieve weeks every four weeks and mm-hmm. then from sort of 18 to 24 you start that kind of sharpening up phase so that's that's pretty long build and that would probably yep. possibly be a little bit more relevant for marathon but the same kind of principle applies so maybe if, it, if a 10k if you said 15 to 20 weeks out you start being like right i've got a really aggressive goal i'm going to do five weeks of foundation work and then we're going to hit sort of a six to eight week block um but maybe with two mm. two recovery weeks mm. um before i start kind of just that 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 two week period where you let the legs thresh mm. freshen up mm. so that's probably where if i was like if, if 10k was my number one goal um i'd be i'd be yeah 20 20 weeks out i'd be sort of in phase one and then 12 to 15 sort of 12 weeks out, i'd be trying to hit peak mm. phase mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Like normally when I think of shorter distances, like I haven't had that longer term <laughs> mental approach. Like you think marathon and you think 18-week <laughs> block, but that's a good point that you're actually thinking about it 
much earlier on. Um, yeah. It's super um, individual. I think, like, I've always been someone who can run, particularly being a girl, I can, you know, I can run quite fast, quite easily. Like, I've never struggled with, you know, uh, 400 meter repeats sort of thing. But where mm-hmm. I've definitely been weaker is sustaining a fast pace because 10Ks is super mm-hmm. fast, really. Like, <laughs> Yeah, when you actually yeah. think about it, you know, because it's so close yeah. to 5K race pace. Yeah. So you've got to do it twice. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I guess I was going to include that question. It's yeah. like how, because 10K pace is like, to me, I've thought about this as it's one of the most painful races because you're on, it's almost like a 5K effort, a little bit slower. So you're on the limit. Like if you race it, yeah. it you're on the limit for a long time, what feels like a long time. Um, yeah and you kind of I I think it was um Jerome was talking about how actually maybe it was Alex was saying um you know when you get into that kind of race mindset and you can take yourself to another level Mm. I feel like you kind of got to be doing that from 4k onwards yeah it's crazy yeah (laughs) yeah 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 you have like 2k or this is my experience at least 2k is like okay it's like almost like but then it just starts hurting and like you're hurting the whole yeah. Is that is that like your experience as well? That's not just me, is it? Because it's like hurts yeah. badly. Yeah, I mean, oh. I, I did a time trial out with um at Delta, with Delta, I think it was at Penrith. And my I took three, I run a 38-minute 10K. Um, and I took I ran 35 that day. So it was a time trial, it was it was not official, but so I took three minutes off. And I remember being in this mindset where I was, I, I, I've never felt like so ready mm-hmm. to hurt. Mm. Yeah. But, and, it, and it did, it starts hurting. But I think when you're in that kind of elevated, like yeah. spiky, yeah. you almost get into this like bring it on space. And I, I think if you can get into that mindset at, on a start line, you're always, gonna, mm. you're almost always going to run well, mm. providing you don't go yeah, out definitely. too hard. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's so hard and it's such like a, a challenging <laughs> um, event. Like, I've had 10Ks where I've gotten to 5K and just said, no, nah, like I'm pulling out. Um, and you hate yourself yeah. afterwards, but yeah. like it's just you need to be in that mindset. Otherwise, <laughs> you're not going to finish the race almost. Like um, it's so important. And I think you were talking about yeah. it before, like with your cycling, how you sort of um, had a bit of experience like dealing with pain when you were younger. And um, yeah, I think that that's just, yeah, such like a an overlooked point sometimes, um, just being in the right mindset. Um yeah. Are there any like yeah, I don't know, mm, tips or tricks think, that you um, use to kind of fire yourself up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I there's there's quite a good one I use with clients. Um, the rule of third. So the first third should be comfortable. The middle third should be uncomfortable, and the third third you just hang on. Um, mm. because once you really get to seven k, it isn't that long. You yeah. just like, you just got to dig in, and I say I say that to clients all the time. If you just in, at five k, stop thinking about five to go. Think about two to go. Get to seven k, and then you you kind yeah. of past the quitting point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And you've always got. They've done heaps of studies, but the the way your body and mind interact to like moderate the effort based on how long you've got to go mm. is wild. So they've done studies where like people, the second they know they're on for a record or a qualifying time or whatever, they just find this extra. And I yeah. think, I think a lot of like that kind of any, any thought that comes into your head in a 10 K if it's like, 
um, you know, my legs are heavy, I'm breathing too much, people are passing me. If you're ready with like a cue mm. just to bite back, so, you know, your legs are tired, so what? Yeah. Um, they've been tired in training. Um, mm. you know, I'm breathing heavy. You're supposed to be breathing heavy. Um, it's a, <laughs> yes. you know, you're supposed to be in the red zone. People are yeah. passing me. Um, you know, I, I can pass them back, whatever. Um, whatever the cue is. But I feel like you've got this, when you're tired, you've got that split second to start like fighting back to the the voice in your head that's saying, this is horrible. Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you let the, if you let, if you let that energy run like those yeah. voices, like you, you can go down a, you can go down sort of a negative rabbit hole. Um, so that mm. is, impo- especially when you're hurting. Yeah. <laughs> but from a kind of training point of view, I'd be, the top tips would be, yeah, long reps, short recovery and, and mm. meaty threshold work. Like, because mm. it's, you kind of got to be able to, Hulk, it's all very well being able to knock out three minutes of work and then have a rest and knock out another three minutes of work and that's great but you've also got to be able to hurt for 30 minutes 40 minutes 50 minutes without a break yeah um so that's like there you're two that's what you've got to be doing i think Mm. if you want to run a fast 10k the threshold efforts what are they um how do you gauge that because a lot of people have different a lot of different ways of gauging that effort so i i tend to depending on the level of the athlete, but I'd find threshold typically around half marathon Mm. um, because it's sort of just below that, that tipping point Mm. where you start to get the heavy legs. Um, So I, yeah, I find if you can, I try to do a monthly 10 mile threshold myself. (laughs) It's a big run. run. And to be honest, again, I'm not, I overtrained last year quite substantially. So I, I may not do that this year, but, they got, they get me, they get you fit. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're yeah. putting in a 16 mile, a 16 K at half marathon effort yeah. every month. You, you get pretty fit. Um, mm. So yeah, I'd, I'd say thresholds maybe depending on the level of the runner, but f- uh, 10 to 15 or 10 seconds off goal 10 K pace. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to break 35, you want to be, you know, r- running 10 mile threshold somewhere around the 340, yeah. low 340 mark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, if we can go into maybe the the pointy end of training, in terms of like that that heavy, um, those heavy stages. If you can, what what are some of the key sessions then for you? Like maybe some of the shorter stuff, and then also any. I mean, obviously we've got the ten mile um, threshold, but if there's any other sessions you like in that threshold zone, maybe what some of those are. Yeah, so we did last year, I was trying to build up to Melbourne Marathon and we did a lot of, we started at three by 4K, then we did four by 5K, then eventually we were doing five by 5K at marathon pace within the run. So that's wow. that's more tempo than threshold. Yep. Um, but a good one would be three by 5K um, at threshold within mm. a 25K mm. run with a 1K float. Um but trying to keep that float to a float, not a jog, because otherwise it's sort of an interval session. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if you, if you knock out 3 by 5K with 3K float, so it's 18K, um, with the 3 by 5K efforts at threshold, that's, that's a pretty good one if you want to kind of build up to that in the lead up to a big, mm. a big 10K or a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, and I love mile repeats. I think they work 
across the board, whatever distance you're doing. Um, but I, like when I look back, I, I kind of felt like last year, and this sort of has worked a little bit for my athletes as well. I feel like I, and I don't know about you guys, it's it's so not linear that you're, you're training and training and training. And there was a point last year, it was, it was probably just after Sydney 10, where everything just got about 10 yeah. seconds per K fast, like everything, yeah. apart mm. from the very, very fine sort of speed work. But yeah, mile repeats, threshold. And I think when I look back, what got, what sort of made the difference was, yeah, the long, the, the 10 miles, but also when, you, when you're doing your long repeats, like your Ks, your mile repeats, 2Ks, 3Ks, yeah. keeping recoveries tight. Yeah. Um, and keeping, you know, if you're doing fartlek, keeping the discrepancy between mm -hmm. your effort and your flow tighter. Mm -hmm. um, because you never let your heart rate come down then totally. So you're always sort of just pushing, mm. pushing, pushing, pushing. Mm. Yeah. So it's hard, quite, um, quite hard training, which is probably how, yeah, because getting fit for a 10K is, <laughs> is challenging. So the mile repeats, are they like hard? Like that's like, interval um like 5k 10k pace is it yeah so what i recommend to my clients is um if you were doing between three and five so if you're doing over 5k volume mm -hmm. they should be at 10k pace but if we wanted to work on 5k then we might do two two by a mile but faster so the second you're kind of going over the volume of the race you should then be targeting the pace of the race up, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Because if you do um, five by a mile yeah, well, it's, at 5K a pace, it's like, Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I last year I kind of made a lot of mistakes in terms of um, every session I wanted to hit certain goals and every session I wanted to, to, to sort of smash and – Looking back, I think there's a lot to be said for if you're looking at a, a training block, pick out early where you want to go all in because mm. um, that's really where you're going to hopefully manage your risk of overtraining. And I, I do that with clients. I go, right, a month out, this is what the month looks like, top line. Where do you, where do you, should mm. we go to the well, so to speak? Like where are we going to push? Mm. Um, and then with the other sessions, you know, we can just be a little bit conservative because you can't you can't go to the well every every session you do right yeah um, and and I think that plays into also the individual so if if you love doing a certain type of like I've got one client hates hills absolutely hates them so there isn't a huge yeah. amount of point in making him do hills that often yeah because um, he can get the same sort of fitness gains out of other things so I think it's with with like ten k training if you're looking at what you probably want to tick off in a month, prioritize those key sessions and then give yourself a little bit of sort of be a bit more kind mm. around maybe some of the other sessions. Mm. Um, and in between, how do you like all, all the easy stuff in between? Um, is there a rest like a lot of easy running and what about, what about um, recovery? Do you recommend also cross training quite a lot similar to how you were describing in your um, training week example? I think it's, it's super individual. I think some runners and some of the girls I'm sort of a similar level to just seem to, they do a heap of miles and it just works really well for them. Mm. Um, 
of course, you know, not too many of them can be difficult. I think the rule is is 80-20. It is a guide. Yep. Um, so 20% of what you do should be hard. And I, I say hard meaning depending on the level of runner, but if you're if you're a pretty good runner, that's marathon pace and down. Um so some people mileage just works brilliantly. And if, if it's working for you, providing you're managing kind of that high intensity balance, um, you probably don't need to do a heap of cross training. Um, but then there's other athletes, and I would include myself in that, their body just doesn't handle mileage brilliantly. And actually, I also don't think you get necessarily get any fitter from it. Like I look back last year and I was yeah. just as fit running 90K as I was 160. Um, mm. And for me, cross-training works really well. So I think, and again, I use this with anyone I coach, cross-training can be amazing, but it isn't for everyone um, or it doesn't have to be for everyone. I think strength and conditioning yep. should be for everyone, is my opinion, if you want to, yep. you know, if you're serious about improving. Um, but yeah, I guess is sort of from, an, from a how much should be easy point of view, if it's full weight-bearing running, 80%. Um, yeah. If you're again, if if you're, it depends on the level. Because if you, if you're more of a beginner runner and you're running thirty k a week, you don't necessarily need mm. to keep that eighty twenty balance quite as strictly. Yeah. Um. But if you're getting up, if you're trying to sort of knock on the sort of competitive times door, mm-hmm. um, and you're running decent mileage, yeah, twenty percent hard is a good barometer. Um, and a lot of the the research says you get a huge, huge amount of benefit from um, cardiovascularly from easy running. So there's no real gain mm. sitting, spending too much time in that middle zone. Yeah. And the middle zone is like, um, how do you describe the middle zone? I've often thought about this, like is when I do, say you do a long run and it's like, or maybe like just a midweek run. It's, yeah, how do you describe that effort? Because I'm, so someone yeah. said to me, when you get home, if you've run easy enough, you should feel refreshed. Mm-hmm. Or if you've run hard enough, you should feel cooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if you feel somewhere in the middle, um, you probably, you're running in the middle. That said, obviously, there's other factors there. But I get, if you wanted to sort of talk numbers, I guess it sits maybe between, um, if you said steady pace was 30 to 40 seconds slower than marathon pace. Um, or maybe maybe 30 then maybe in the middle mm. sort of 10 to, 10 to 15 seconds slower than marathon pace maybe mm, okay yeah. some yeah. runners it's, su- it's super subjective but I think if, if you're if you couldn't if you're not sort of having an easy enough time that you're could have a co- conversation yeah um yeah then you're probably not easy running and we've, yeah. we've all seen it you know like a a, a 50 minute 10k runner doing yeah. a, a five ten run and saying recovery run yeah 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 yeah, yeah okay yeah but it, it's an interesting one from a coaching point of view because i have such a mm. hard time think, um, trying to get people to slow down yeah, i think sorry enough um oh i was gonna say yeah that, i think cross training as well no, no, is also like a hidden gem um that everyone overlooks like everyone's just so focused on their mileage but um yeah i found like when i was the fittest sort of last year i was doing more cross training and stuff just because the sessions were so brutal like i i couldn't even um do the easy runs that i wanted to do uh but i felt like i got the fittest i'd ever been from it um same with the weights as well like it's i don't know i think most people find that stuff pretty boring but um if you want to get fit like that's kind of 
what you need to do and there's so much value in it. Um, yeah, I think it's a, a really good point. Mm. I think because um, mm. that was before, that was when you ran the 10K uh, Sydney Harbour 10 Dom and I remember your mileage coming down and in my head because I was still stuck in that sort of volume mindset, I'm like, oh, is, is it going to mm. lose fitness or, you know, I actually thought that. But, like, yeah. no, the way J- Jerome basically sharpened everything up and, like, sort of, like you said, we're doing cross-training mm. and you ran, like, just incredible time. So it's, uh, I think, like, I've personally yeah. defaulted <laughs> to thinking more, like, just run more. Yeah. And, like, it's not, like, it's not working, which is why I'm changing my approach, like, because I've actually plateaued for a long period or stayed at the same sort of level for a long period of time. And that's probably, made, like, more mm. is not necessarily better, maybe. Um, I think you can get a lot out of cross-training by being a bit, like, by always mm. looking through a running lens. So Jess Tren talked about this a little bit. She was saying how much she did on the elliptical in the build-up to her marathon. She ran amazingly. Um, and what she thought was that when you're on the elliptical, mm. the cross-trainer, you're working really hard through your posterior chain. Um, so you, your glutes have to fire to get that thing going. Yeah. Which, you know, a lot of mm. runners have issues with lazy glutes, glutes not firing, not activating, etc. So I think because if you're looking at it through that lens, you know, it's basically running but with better form and taking a little bit less out your body. Mm. Um, and then the same with the bike. Like if you um, can can get up on a bike and be doing, mm. you know, fairly light resistance but fairly quick turnover hills that's super relevant to running because running's generating power off the ground yeah as quickly as yeah. you can right so and that's what you're doing if you're out the saddle on a bike so you can be pretty smart swimming if i do some swimming where i don't breathe as often as usual so if you swim if you normally take breath uh, breathe every three let every three breaths try breathing every five every seven so you're, you're teaching your body to to train better with less oxygen Mm. um so you can sort of cross train with a running lens i think Mm. yeah i think that yeah there's definitely a lot to it i think it's um yeah kind of like an untapped area in running most people just yeah focus on their k's (laughs) um what what were you typically doing Dom? like cross training yeah mostly on the bike but i found um kind of similar to what you said just your cadence on the bike is so much quicker than when you're running so i found like that really carried through to my running because um yeah i felt like my body was used to moving at that rhythm um so like neurologically maybe um i was able to yeah just get a bit better leg turnover without really um focusing on it too much um so yeah Yeah. i think that really helped and then i was doing a lot more gym work um than i'd ever done as well so i just felt really powerful and strong when i was running um which i think a lot of runners they do too much running and then they start feeling weak um because like i think that running can be catabolic and kind of breaks down your muscles whereas um strength training is metabolic and helps build them up so um if you're not doing the strength work you can be kind of just getting a bit weak sometimes and I think was Paddy saying um, how most runners don't know what it feels like to feel strong. Mm. And I think there's so much in that. We're all, and we're, I think we get quite used to getting out of bed and, and just being quite sore. And that's sort of okay. Yeah. Um, 
but I think if you can if you can feel strong and resilient and efficient when you're running to me like that's huge like I, I you know, and again any any athlete worth their salt really if you look at the top is is pretty hot on strength and conditioning from what I can see um so yeah I'm I'm a big fan um yeah but also I think with weights it's also like it's talking to someone who knows their stuff because mm. I you know know enough to help athletes a little bit but I don't I'm not a strength and conditioning coach and having had conversations with with the guys in this I was going to I'm going to 4D in the city and it's so individual because if you think like I've always thought I've got really strong quads right and they probably are quite strong but the chances are if you've got a really strong body part you've got a really weak one because the mm. whole the whole system is compensatory mm. so yeah. um someone who can look at you specifically you know you Luke as a runner mm. um and go right how do you move where are you where are you compensating where are you mm. weak um and then write you a program based on that, I think is is invaluable because otherwise it, it basically ends up being, which is better than nothing, don't get me wrong, but if you're going to go, otherwise people go to the gym, they do some squats, some deadlifts, some calf raises, and that is great. That is better yeah. than nothing. But we would never run like that. We would never go out and go, right, well, I'm going to go and just run for 30 minutes twice a week. Yeah. You know? yeah, definitely. Yeah. We spend so much time creating these really creative sessions, but then we – a lot of people go and do the exact same thing in the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, everyone said the same thing with strength. Like it's, it's so important and it's a good point. It's a really good point you make. Any Anything I've watched on YouTube and any professional, like there's always a very strong emphasis on strength and conditioning, which makes me, yeah, I really should focus more on that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'll hold my hands up. It's, it's a lot of it's this year out of a, out of a big injury. Yeah. So I, you know, I think it does take sometimes people, you kind of, you only get onto it when you have to. Yes. Um, yes. but yeah, I think, and you know, if, cause we all want to run well, well, I think well into our forties, yeah. you know, if not fifties, yeah. um, and it's strength is I think probably the way to do that. Cause you know, otherwise your body just it just can't can't maintain that level mm. forever. It's mm, a good yeah. point. Yeah. What, what is that? Yeah, big, I'm a big fan. Yeah. Big fan of strength. What did Patty say? You can't go wrong with being strong. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Nice. Um, uh, I guess a more general question. Uh, like when you're in a training block, what do you typically enjoy the most about training? Um. So I, I definitely love the social side. I feel like that's that's mm. a given. Um, yeah, I think I, I think it was yeah, it was Alex saying because uh, people say, "Oh, how can you run t- so many k's?" He said, "Well, actually, a lot of it's just just <laughs> chatting, um, and the miles just fly by." So I do love that, but I also love I love the feeling that your body just did something it couldn't do two weeks ago. Like, I think, again, that probably comes from my yeah. childhood. <laughs> we were all like, you must get yeah. faster at everything. But um, it's pretty cool, I think, when you can – and, you know, I see, I see the athletes I coach. I see how great it makes them feel when they've just done a session they did three weeks ago and they've, you know, smashed it. Um, I love that, that progress with running that you don't necessarily get in such a measurable way mm. in other sports. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah I think I think I mean there's there's days when you don't want to get out the door yeah. um and you, you sort of just get it done but on a day where you feel great and you yeah you you because I because I've not done so much racing I've I feel like a lot of my sort of progress memories are actually training sessions where mm. I've gone wow I'm you know I'm in shape I've never been in before um and all all that work has paid off so that's got to be a real high I think in a block it's an incredible feeling doing like for me at least doing a threshold session like fast or faster than you've done yeah. before and you're like oh, okay mm. I'm getting fit and then you sort of reflect on it yeah. and you're like okay what did I do to get fit and you just go in this loop and it makes you feel yeah there's a there is like a massive buzz about it yeah 100% and if people around you are doing the same um so yeah my uh partner Gareth is mm. he's sort of got more into running through me I'm, I mean he's <laughs> really a massive choice but um, <laughs> but yeah and I can see now we're both building up to London Marathon this year and um I can see it gives him such a kick as well and then you know training partners and and meeting people and and you know going on that journey with them yeah um, I think if you if you really go to the well with someone in a training block, if you're like right, like for me, those I, you might know Josh, um, Dom, yeah, yeah, Josh Arthur. He's a, he's a solid, very solid runner actually. Yeah. Um, and we've always talked about doing two sub two forty together. Mm. Um, we haven't quite got there because <laughs> one of us keeps getting injured, <laughs> but one day we will. And uh, but every time we've been through a block together, you know, if you, if you're if you've just floored yourself alongside a mate. Pretty. That's a pretty cool feeling, I think. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. Dom and I have gone through similar thing. Yeah. Um, in our first or sort of my first training block is doing hard. Like I, I'll never forget doing those sort of hard long runs with Dom. Um, yeah. Like, and you just cooked at the end, but yeah. I, I've I've talked about this before. Like Dom is, <laughs> like I had to stretch so much <laughs> yeah. as well. So it's been good. It's been good for me yeah. <laughs> uh, personally, but doing it together, like, or some of the Friday sessions we would do at um, Meadowbank Dom, like yeah. just, just some of the most memorable stuff. Um, yeah. Doing that together is, is one of the massive um, things about running. Yeah. yeah. So. It's a quite a unique, unique feeling. I think when you train alongside someone and, you know, then have mm. a beer alongside them and it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, like um, it, it helps build like such a deeper re- relationship as well. Like me and Smitty became like really, really good friends through running together, whereas like um, yeah. before we were kind of mates and stuff, but not to the same level that we are now, I think. But um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. special training with someone and, and going through that pain with someone. And I think as well, you know, you need friends who kind of get it, like mm. particularly when – when I was injured, I, I wasn't the easiest to be around, to be honest. And I think, you know, I've, we, I've got amazing friends and they were amazing, but it's quite hard to explain how much running means and how much yeah. of, a, of a hole it leaves when it's not there mm. to non, mm. to non runners. Um, and I think that, yeah, that, that's really where you see the community when you're, when you're sort of forced out for a, for a period. Um, that's when you really recognize how special it is having, close friends or a community where you have that massive shared kind of interest and shared love yeah 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 absolutely uh, uh just getting injured is Sucks. the worst and it's funny you say that like people people can't get it because it's like oh yeah. you just stop running for a bit and you're like no you don't, <laughs> you don't understand like we've been training for 
fucking year yeah or something and like or you've just been um fantasizing yeah over like running a certain time for like three months and then you yeah. just you're just okay no more running and you're just like no yeah it doesn't doesn't compute no with, um, it doesn't what i want to do yeah and people say i'll oh, just do something else for a bit focus on work yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks <laughs> If one more person told me to focus on work, I would have to. And then sometimes you're like, oh, God, why am I taking this running thing so seriously? Yeah. But then, or like I remember we've had times where I'm like, why am I running so much? What What's the point? And then you take a week off like voluntarily and you feel what the week's like without running. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, that's why. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love running. <laughs> yeah, I just suddenly have way too much time on my hands. Yep. And you don't – there's something about that st- – like putting your body through that that stress and coming out the other side that's like gives you a weak structure and just makes you feel good yeah and I think that was probably the problem because when I got injured the gyms were still closed and the pools were closed oh yeah um and it was the middle of winter so the only real and I was actually on crutches so the only real option well for when I was on crutches it was nothing because you can't really go in the ocean yeah and then when I was off crutches we did a bit of ocean swimming but I think that was I probably underestimated how bigger role that played in everything because I think just being able to push yourself like if you can at least get on a bike if you can at least you know smash out a session in the pool whatever it is I think it takes away a layer of stress you sort of leave it you leave it then at the gym or in the pool yeah um yeah and yeah I think I think you underestimate how much your body is addicted to that feeling of pushing yourself Mm, yeah that's such a good point it's like when you come it's almost like yeah, you addicted. Yeah, you. Yeah, it's a, it's. A, I'm convinced running's an addiction for sure. It is because you just feel good after it, and you. It's funny before you go into it, you're like, oh god, I'd sometimes oh, I don't even, I don't want to go out. Like yeah. I can't be bothered. Oh, really, I'm gonna do six by two k on a after a full day of work. Really, yeah. and then you and then you go out. Yeah. and you do it, and you're like, that was incredible, yeah. and you just kind of in awe of if especially if it's a good session. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, progress is addictive, isn't it? Like if you're if you're mm, progressing, super addictive, and that's probably why yeah. everyone gets into overtraining territory because mm. yeah, you get too fit for what your body can handle, mm. um, and it's so addictive. You know, when your times start coming down, every, almost every session you do, yeah, you just want to do more and more and more, and you're like, wow, I can really mix it up with people I've always thought way out of my league, yeah. Um, what and then yeah, bam. <laughs> what's your um? What's your thoughts on on that in general, Dom? Like the high from training and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Like um, yeah, it's it's incredible, and um, I think it just puts you in a good headspace. Like even just getting out for um, like I find a twenty minute run, like which I've been doing a lot of this week. Mm. I feel like my mood just improves so much, and yeah, it's definitely an addiction. Like Rosie was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think Rosie's like can speak to that improvement um, a fair bit because. Yeah, like her running has just gone to another level so quickly. Um, like she what dropped yeah five minutes off her ten k in a year, <laughs> and we're still disappointed. <laughs> um, yeah, so like yeah, I think that's yeah something that everyone kind of chases. I think I don't know about you guys, but I feel like certain people have quite addictive personalities. Mm-hmm. I I've that's me never been able to do anything in moderation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, I think, and that's probably a, a learning I'm still figuring out, but I feel like I, you know, get so into things and I think that's quite a 
typical kind of personality for a runner. Yeah, mm. this is why I've had four months off drinking. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, exactly. And I've done the same. Although I'm, I'm not actually. I've, I've had three years of trying to run fast, and I'm convinced that giving up drinking doesn't help at all. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that. I'm on a good streak. <laughs> I'm that. on a good streak. <laughs> Maybe for you. <laughs> um but yeah I think it's it's just super I got so into it so quickly and I you know four months in to really to even training regularly I actually quit my job I was like I want to work in fitness I want to I want to work in running Mm. so I got pretty much as you know I'd like to say I made really quick progress with you know a very um normal level of effort I got pretty committed pretty quick Mm. as well Mm. definitely and done (laughs) Yeah, you said that you're still drinking. Um, what's like your kind of thoughts on nutrition and do you have any kind of principles around um, how you're, you're fueling your running and, and what your sort of process is to support your running? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I should caveat, I'm not, I'm not drinking. <laughs> oh, you're not? Oh, sorry. Otherwise, <laughs> I am drinking, but I'm not, I, I'm not drinking, you know, like I used to. Quick disclaimer, yeah, yeah like uh, when I'm talking drinking, I'm talking binge drinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not drinking like I was in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's me. I'm like, okay, you've got to slow this thing down. Otherwise, what's the point of training? Um, yeah. Um, so nutrition-wise, I, I'm a, I sort of have a lens now of um, just a fear of injury. So I, I'm definitely all about kind of I'd rather overfuel than underfuel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm quite big on just train like volume getting food in I think you know there's probably a you can the the fact is you probably are a little bit quicker if you're at your very very lightest you can be whilst being healthy yeah but I'd rather sort of sit on the slightly cautious side from an injury point of view so a pretty I'm pretty big on just getting food in um and the other, the, I guess the rules I really set are more around timing than what I'm eating. Mm-hmm. There's certain obvious ones, you know, like I'm not probably going to have a cheese platter the night before a big run, but um, yeah, that's backfired before. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking from experience. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm as soon as I finish a hard run, I'm um, within 30 minutes, I've had, I've had protein with carbs. Um, doesn't really matter what it is, even like a big coffee with honey's big milky coffee with honey is better than nothing. Mm. Um, and I would never really run hard without having had something um, just because of those glycogen levels. So I, I, mm-hmm. I don't really personally find I can run well if I've got nothing in my system. Yeah. Um, I remember times leaving the house with Gaz um, and we'd be late because I'd be like inhaling a bagel like as we were, <laughs> as we were jogging. <laughs> and he's like, you're ridiculous. But uh, yeah, so it's more around timings than, than specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some, when I, my stress fracture, I got the guy to try and take on 150 grams of protein a day, wow. which actually, when you lay it out, it's quite a lot. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's probably the one kind of quantifiable macro goal I have. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sort of like, if you can stomach it, take on as much fuel as you can really before mm. and after training, mm. hard training. Yeah. Um, and just be smart around what works for your body, you know, like really rich food that takes a long time to digest, not going to be a great idea mm. the day before a race. Um, I, yeah, I find energy gels work pretty well. I'm, I'm a Morton girl. 
at the moment. Yeah. Um, and pres- I've been trying to take a bit with the humidity. I try and take electrolytes on a bit more, but yeah. no hard and fast rules. Just listen to your body. Um, and just if in de- like get get fuel on, basically, it's just not worth the risk. I don't think. Yeah, I I was listening. Um, I listened to a podcast episode with Ryan Hall, oh, yeah. who was talking yeah. about like because a lot of people assume when you were running, he was running 110 miles. So I'm not sure what that translates to, but it's a lot per week. Mm. Um, obviously, That's he's awesome. at a completely different level, like US. I think he's what, still got the US marathon. Yeah, like, um, like record, all time record, yeah. 204, 204 yeah. marathon and sub 60 half. Anyway, he was talking about diet, and it's like you wouldn't expect he he was he was really strict on his diet and had to cut weight like quite heavily, <laughs> and he said it just was so unhealthy. And that's why he's actually weight training at the moment. Yeah. Well, that's a whole separate thing. But what's your view yeah. on like how it can, because it can get, can get unhealthy sometimes if you're not eating enough or, or if you're worried about your weight, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's, it's a huge thing. And I think luckily people are talking a lot more openly about it now. But um, you guys, I'm sure have heard of REDS, so relative energy deficiency. Basically, mm. you know, athletes or people training at high volumes um eating like a normal person essentially so you just yeah. you're not under eating but you're not you are under eating for your activity level um and i i probably shouldn't stereotype but i think particularly with women you know to a certain point being super light you're going to run pretty well but probably for a sustained period yeah um and to me you know that that's it's not worth the long-term injury risk um, and you're probably going to run into sort of bone health issues. And the second you've got bone health issues as a runner, there's a big challenge to overcome. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's always worth sort of, you know, taking on more than probably you think you need. Um, and just, just cause if race weight, I think Jen Lacaz has talked about this, but race weight is fine for, a, for your, period of your race Hmm. um but too many people probably sit around race weight across the year and you're just you're just hovering above what's healthy um and hovering above what's healthy on a long-term basis isn't isn't healthy Hmm. um that's my view you know i i i've found i don't particularly run any better if i'm three kilos lighter um but Hmm. you know i do make myself more prone Hmm. to injury um so to me, it's worth sort of, yeah, just being conscious of what – don't underestimate how much you're actually putting your body through if you're running a lot of miles. It's, it's a huge amount of load. There's a reason that professional swimmers swim, you know, they have double the training hours of professional runners because yeah. so much load on your body. Yeah. Um, and you just – you're burning so many – yeah, so many calories and just need to make sure you're taking them on and not overthinking it. I think a lot of people, and I have this a lot with athletes who I who I work with, they, they want me to give them hard and fast, you know, macro goals and micro goals and, you know, it, rules to stick by. And I don't think it should be like that. I think it should be a bit more feel. Like if yeah. you're hungry, you probably need yeah. to eat. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know? yeah. Like 100%. don't fight it. If, you, if you're hungry, yeah. eat. Um, and don't get too caught up on, on, on rules. Um, I don't think, I think just, uh, try and kind of make sure you're taking on enough and generally the right things 
Um, and and the the one rule I think you probably sh- people should adopt is timing. You know, don't yeah. wait five hours after a big <laughs> run to have a big meal. It's crazy. You've just lost yeah. your window to repair properly. Yeah, that's talked about quite a lot. Is the time like what if you're going to go specific? What sort of guidelines would you recommend in terms of timing after a session or something like that? So it depends what you can stomach. I've all, I've always found <laughs> I've got these like I've got a stomach of steel. Like <laughs> I can literally be eating a bagel as I'm warming up. So I, I'm probably a little bit unusual. But typically, you want to take on something um, that's carb based with a small amount of protein within yep. 45 minutes of starting a harder session. Mm-hmm. Um, within f- when you've finished a session, you want to take on protein with a little bit of carbs within 30 minutes. I would say, and then a proper meal within three hours with fats, carbs, protein. Because mm, um, that's when the body sort of um, needs the fuel to then deliver recovery, essentially. Yeah, so you, your glycogen stores just sit in your muscles here, and then mm. when you run hard or train hard, they just deplete, mm-hmm. and you've got this window after training to top them up, and the longer you leave it, the less mm. efficient the top up, if that makes sense. Right. So the sooner you can get fuel in, um, the better really. And the other, the other tip I got that's quite good is if you were struggling with recovery, if you're just waking up and every day you're just, you're just still sore, still cooked, try having a bit of protein actually just before you go to bed because yep. like overnight your body's going through all the repair processes. Um, and if you've got that protein just really readily available, that repair is yep. just going to mm. be that bit better. Mm. Um, so those are quite, those are sort of quite good rules. I think that I try and adopt as much Mm. as possible. Cool. Um, okay. We've talked, we've talked a lot about sort of training and sessions, which is, is good. Um, what about if we can just generally touch on sort of your coaching, when did that, when did that start? And like, do you, how many athletes do you have? What what does that look like at the moment? So I, it kind of coincided, it was 2019 I started running more Um, and then in the June of that year it probably like there were a few different factors that sort of came together at the same time I was working in advertising at the time and it just become quite soulless Um, I was working for a big agency for big clients and basically just sort of flogging myself to make (laughs) rich companies slightly richer Mm. Um, and I, I just lost sort of the love of it um, it was a great career in my twenties because it was, you know, lots of perks, lots of nice lunches, lots of free, <laughs> free beer, and which was great. Um, yeah. It sort of ran its course, and I think that probably coincided with, you know, when I, I mentioned earlier, but running just became like supercharged into my life, and I just wanted to talk about it all day and do it all day and yeah. know, help people do it all day. Um, and I'd also coached in the past so I I used to do a lot of windsurfing um do you know what I mean when I say windsurfing yeah with the um the sail and stuff yeah 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 okay. so the board and the sail yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so I used to do that a lot and I used to coach that um in Greece so I knew I liked coaching people um and I got a and I got a real I get a real kick out of like working out what makes people tick. I've, I've mm. always loved that psychology side of things. So I kind of, I'm really impulsive and I, I literally just came home on the Friday night and I said, I think I'm going to, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start a coaching business. <laughs> 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 um, and Gaz 
said, yeah, great, cool. Um, but I don't think he realized I meant on the Monday. Um, <laughs> so, so. so there's going to be planning and like, <laughs> let's, let's strategize for a few months, you know. Jeez, yeah. yeah, straight in the deep end. <laughs> I love that. Jump shit. And he, I came home and told him and I think he was like, wow, that was really fast. <laughs> have, you, like, have you thought this through? Like we don't really have, you know, a second source of income, et cetera. But ultimately um, it probably was quite impulsive given I didn't have any income from it at that yeah. point but um what sort of ended up happening was that it started out just with mates and it's grown quite organically and I've I work at a physio now so I've got I've got you know a salary um and it's it's basically grown from it was sort of two or three for a while um then it grew to like 30 it grew, grew quite a lot yeah. mm. um and then off the back of lockdown it sort of regressed slightly now sits between 10 and 15 mm-hmm. um and but they're at, they're runners from the uk australia and the states so it's quite it's quite good because it's sort of quite you've got people everywhere um and i think what i've realized is that i absolutely love it and you know in 20 years time, if I could make a business at a sustainable business where that was all I did, that would be amazing. But for now, I'm pretty happy with it to retain like the quality of service and have something else I rely on financially. Yeah. Um, and sort of just chip away at it because I don't, I don't want to say yes to any, any person who, you know, wants to be coached by me because sometimes it just, it just isn't going to be a good fit. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's 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 sort of worked itself out into quite a nice, um, I guess you know, business in a way, more of a sort of passion project, mm. um, with yeah, just such diverse runners. I mean, I've got guys running sub three hours, you know, who who I could train alongside, um, and then I've got you know, a lady came to me two years ago. She'd never run a kilometer, <laughs> and now she's doing ten k races. So. Um, it's pretty cool. And people support like the, the biggest thing I've learned from coaching is you, like, you have to be open-minded because people mm. can surprise you. And it's quite inspiring. You know, you, you can, people can be so gritty yeah. um, and you wouldn't have called it when you met them. Um, so it's, yeah. it's, it's a pretty cool thing to do. Um, yeah. The only, the only kind of rule I have is I try and, I try and take people on who want to target sort of have more of a performance goal than, than a body composition goal. In, yeah. Sometimes people come and they say, I want to lose 15 kilos and I think running's the way to go. Mm. And um, that's absolutely, you know, great. That's a great goal, but it's, I'm just not the right person for you. Mm. Um, so I try and sort of, you know, keep goals measurable in a, t- in a kind of progress point of view rather than a, yeah, rather than a general health. Yeah. Is that because you want to, obviously you're, you're passionate. This is just my guess. You're passionate about the specifics behind it. And if someone just wants to lose weight, they're not going to be focusing on nailing sessions, all this sort of stuff, maybe in a way. I think, I think there's a few factors. It's, it's not my skill set for a start. You know, I'm yeah. not a, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a, I technically am qualified as a PT, but it's not what I want to do. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I tend to find people get more out of, you know, fitness and sport if they, have goals that are built around positive, you know, positive kind of barometers rather than, mm. you know, weight loss is, is, is a great goal. It's just, um, I find people can kind of longevity and, um, 
that motive, that sort of intrinsic motivation is better if people are setting goals about what their body can do, not what it yes. looks yep. like. Yes. Um, so I, for me, it's just more, it's more aligned to what I can offer them. I'm going to, they're going to get a, a better service if it's more of a sort of performance program. Um, and it's more what I'm passionate about. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably the one, probably reason I'd say no to someone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and I think, I think, I think Jerome touched on it, but how individual people are. And I say to people, if they, if they want to be coached by me, my job really is to make running fit into their life. Mm. Um, because the second it becomes too difficult with kids or too rigid with kids or, you know, a partner or work, or, um, they travel a lot for work. That's the second it, it becomes unsustainable. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it's making training seamless. It's not rocket science. You know, you, you can put together a decent training week if you, if you're a good yeah. runner. Um, but really I think the value for them comes a lot of the time in, in retrofitting it to their life, their lifestyle, their background, even what they like doing. Mm. Yeah. And you, um, I'm just thinking as well, like when you, when you, there must be a great joy in just seeing people improve as well. We talked about our own personal journeys that might even be a new level when you've like sort of worked with someone and they're also, and then you can see that journey. Um, I just imagine that would be awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's super cool. Um, cause particularly people who, you know, are quite hard on themselves because mm. you, you get, um, some people and they, they're like, I, w- I would never be able to run 10K. I, I would just, it's just not something I'll be able to do, particularly if they've started running later in life. And yeah, I mean, it's a pretty cool thing if you're able to help someone feel like they've accomplished something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're just that bit more confident about themselves, actually. Um, I think that's that's pretty unique. It's pretty mm. cool. Yeah. Um, okay. What about... Just quickly before we sort of start wrapping up, um, what is, so what are your future plans? What's what's next? What are you? So you are training for a London, marathon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, London. So we're doing London in October, um, and I'd like to run fast there if I can. Yeah. Um, so I've only done one marathon, and it was it was sort of an off road. Well, it, it wasn't actually. It was it was on road, but it had stairs and things, and it was three bridges out at um, Parramatta. Yeah. Um, so I want to do a, a big marathon with crowds and, and you know, try and have a, a decent lead into that um, and then run. I'd really like to run fast. I just want to run fast. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> the, that's the bug we all have. Just want to run fast. Just faster. I no, I want, to, I want to try and knock out, you know, do a 5K race, do a successful 10K race because I got into the type of shape I was in last winter. I just don't think I, there was no opportunity to sort of put it to – you know, put it out there. Yep. Um, so I want to get back into that kind of shape and then just, just race and get experience racing and hopefully get some, get my times down, you know, ideally across the board. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, you know, London sort of is the, the big goal, but I think if you're in good marathon shape, you really should be in good five, 10 and a half shape. Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just keep getting faster for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all aligned in that aspect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I try and be quite optimistic. I've been running quite, you know, a lot, but only for three years. And a lot of the girls I'm trying to mix it up with have 
been doing it for longer. Um, I've I've made some you know terrible mistakes training wise, and I've tried to learn from them each time. Um, so I'm just excited every year to sort of reshape how I'm going about things, um, and hopefully that means continue progressing. I think I don't think I'll ever get in. Not they're amazing, but I think I'm more. I'm always going to be pulled in by like getting faster over the distances rather than the into the ultra territory. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I was thinking the same way um, oh, really? yeah. Yeah. until I did a few marathons and it's like, Oh yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got the bug. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But I think if I do go, I think what I'll end up doing is probably Ironman. Mm. Um, mm. When I stop getting faster on the road, I think I'll get sucked into that because my family are very into it and my brother and my dad and, um, my dad's trying to mix it up with all the 25 year old, my brother and all his mates, and they're all doing the Ironman. So there's lots of family league tables going around. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, I think long-term I probably would want to try my hand at that, but in the short term, I just, yeah, I want to keep, keep growing the coaching business sort of slowly. Um, keep trying to run fast. Um, and yeah, have, have quite a bit of fun along the way, really. I want to run in some cool places and, um just ra- ra- race some cool races mm-hmm. and um wrapping up there's a question we've been asking everyone on the show um yeah what's your favorite race been so far so i i, I was thinking about this earlier I, I haven't done that many um and i think i think every single one i've done i've got a pb i think because that's a pretty um, good record (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is cool but i have because i haven't done so many but um we did melbourne half in 2019 um both of us and um at the time my pb was 134 and i ran 126 that Mm. day um and it was an amazing race we finished in the mcg um gaz got a massive pb as well so it's just one of those sort of days where you both run well which means the beers afterwards are a bit more fun (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah I think I was super I remember crossing that line and and that was probably the first time I can remember that real race high just being like wow that's such you know that's such a big difference in what I was doing you know last time um that was that was pretty cool and the other thing about that race was that I was really proud of how I kind of dug in because um it was starting to really hurt around the 12k mark and I just the, the best tip I got was don't look at when you, when it starts to hurt, stop looking at your watch. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I just didn't look at my watch between 12 and 20 and, uh, yeah, it was highly recommend if a race is going wrong, don't look at the watch, but yeah, that was just a great day, um, in lots of ways. And it was probably my first race, I think since I'd started, you know, training. So it would have to be that one at the moment, but I'm hoping London, yeah. if it all goes to plan, <laughs> <laughs> crazy i think um yeah. you actually beat me in that race did i yeah i was um wow. me and smitty were down there smitty did his first marathon and i did the half marathon yeah. as well oh but, really yeah i was feeling a bit sick so i went out kind of like on target and then um it was just like not like i feel like terrible um and just jogged it in but i ran one that might be a first and the last i think <laughs> <laughs> but i'll take it <laughs> i love how you said you went out on track you went out a bit quick. <laughs> <laughs> We've all learned, right? Like everyone's done oh, it. Yeah. You've got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, only definitely. really know 
how much you shouldn't do it until you've done it after yeah that. yeah that's true yeah um all right well thank you for thank you for joining us it's been an awesome episode um lots of insight into the 10k and also just in general into what it's like to run and what it feels like to really get into running so um thank you thank you for joining us no thanks guys it's been great um i'm sure i'll see you out there soon but yeah thank you for having me on it's been awesome yeah